Living Adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Kamut, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running or bikepacking, Kamut's easy-to-use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Kamut. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. Um... <laughs> Have a loop. Tim lives on the outskirts of Leeds, not far from Headingley Cricket Ground. I cycled to his house for a coffee and to chat about Adventurous Inc. Adventurous Inc. is Tim's plan to deliver the outdoors to your front door in the form of monthly, carefully curated books or magazines. He's on a mission, a mission to help folk live fulfilling outdoor lives whilst minimising their environmental impact as they go. And Tim is clearly passionate about this mission, so much so he's even got the Adventurous logo tattooed right down his forearm. That is commitment. Right. Should we begin? Let's go for Slurp it. Slurp of coffee. Okay, I'm sitting in uh, Tim's kitchen. He's uh, been force feeding me coffee. And my first question for you, Tim. Um, it's Wednesday morning. Why are you not at work? You lay about. <laughs> Because some crazy guy who cycled around the world threatened to come for a cup of tea. Um, oh, am I distracting you from earning some you money? You are distracting me from earning some money. No, okay. not really. Um, well, I, I, the, the reason I can do this is because I, um, as well as working part-time, I run my own business um, called Gather Outdoors. So I did that so that I could, uh, I could spend, or no. So I had a good excuse for doing more outdoor adventure stuff. That was basically the reason. Oh, that and meeting cool people. Um, like and, your and good me. self. No, no, no. You're you're you're, you're very much up there. <laughs> but genuinely, that was one of the reasons why I started okay. the business was to meet meet cool people who were doing interesting stuff. Because that's what that's what life's all about, really, isn't it? So, if your job now involves you sitting around drinking coffee, being outdoors, and meeting cool people, um, do people give you grief for that? That you're just a layabout and you should have a proper job? <laughs> I don't think other people give me that much grief, but I give myself a lot of grief um it doesn't feel like proper working it should feel like a hardship and it it isn't um but that's a choice that i made you know i i, I kind of yeah, hit that point in my life uh, um that that midlife crisis um and like lots of other folk i decided that i wanted to do something that was more fulfilling and that that made me feel better so so yeah started a business like you do do you find it hard of running your own business do you find it hard to switch off and relax and not do it do you feel this of um 
Anglo-Saxon work ethic to be always... Not anymore. So at first I did, um, and I would spend every hour on Instagram because that's, you know, that's where our, our, most of our community are. But I'm one of those lucky people. I'm quite good at compartmentalizing stuff. So I can pretty much put it in a box and put it to one side. Um, so yeah, I'm lucky like that. Okay, that is that is a, a good thing of which I'm useless. Um, so Gather Outdoors, now Adventurous Inc., they, they're sort of under the same... Hat, yeah, it's the same loose banner. Okay. So it's uh, the summary would be simple ways for nature lovers to soften their environmental footprint and find great things to do. Does that still hold true Ooh, for what you're gosh, trying to do? No, that sounds that moved a, on. It sounds a very laboured way. No, the, the the honest answer is that is what I'm trying to do is um, is rewild myself and rewild other people at the same time. Okay, and the, how how do you do that? Um, well, by reading lots of books, that's the top and bottom of it. So, so I always, I remember when I was, when I was growing up, I got into mountain biking and climbing by reading an awful lot of mountain biking and climbing journals. Um, and so I guess that's the way that I try and help others now is by serving up a regular dose of inspiration in the, in the form of some nice printed material that hopefully gets more people outdoors. And, um, do you think, do you think reading books is a, is the solution to life's problems? Probably. Oh, yeah. good. I was hoping you'd say that because that's what I think. <laughs> well, you would say that as an author. You've kind of, you've kind of nailed your colours to that particular mast, haven't you? Well, I, I suppose I, I don't, I, I always feel an imposter saying that I'm an, an author, even though I've written quite a few books now. But what I do always say is that I'm a reader, um, and I feel that any kind of writing I do is mostly because I like reading. Mm? Mm, that's a good way of thinking um, about it. Yeah, and I think anything useful I've learned in life, I've probably learned either from reading a book or having a miserable time in the outdoors. <laughs> I think they're the two best educations. There I've you learned. go, there you go. Um, so going back in time a bit, you you used to love the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of lost your way and went off to do whatever, normal grown-up real life. How did you go... So one of the things I'm really interested in through talking to lots of people on this, oh, I've got the same mug as that. Oh. Um, one of the things I'm really... <laughs> Has it got a T on it? Yeah. Why have you got a T on it? I have no idea. I like Surely tea. it should have an A. Yeah, I like tea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, this, I'm so rubbish at this. One of, the, one of the reasons that I'm interested in talking to people here is people who have got this, they're doing this in life, but they kind of think, oh, it's not quite what I want to be doing. What I want to be doing in life is that. And I think that pretty much applies to all of us. We're here, but we want to be there. How do you go about moving from one to the other? And how, how did you specifically find your way back to the outdoors? Um, hmm. it's a, I think the first step in that is realising that something's not right. Um, and it's quite easy to drift through life just on this trajectory that you always thought you were on or the career that you always thought you wanted. Um, and for me, I guess as I was coming upon 40, I kind of realised that that career that, that I'd been on wasn't making me happy and kind of cast around for, for what it was that used to make me happy and it was the outdoors. Um, and so I started kind of thinking about that as a as a route to to being happier and that maybe starting a business might be a way to to sort of kill two birds with one stone because work wasn't feeling particularly fulfilling at the time 
Um, and then, and then my dad passed away. And I'm not very good at talking about it, really. It's all right. It's all right. It's a good thing. It's um, but my dad and I spent all our time together outdoors, so that was our thing. That was the that was the thing that bonded us. Um, and I think when he when I found out that he was dying, um, I reflected more about what he thought about me and who he expected me to be. Um, and I think he probably had a better, more realistic um, expectation of what I could have been than, uh, than I was living for myself. Um, so yeah, so he never got, he never saw that start of the business. Um, he never saw the change, which, uh, yeah, it's always a bit sad, but you know, life happens around you and you've got to respond to it and and when when you get to the point where the stimulus is big enough then you need to do something about it that's the that's the top and bottom of it um and i started running a business part-time on the internet because it was quite easy to do um and it's it's brought me a lot of happiness not brought me a huge amount of money (laughs) but it's brought me an awful lot of happiness well there there are very different things in life money and happiness and i think often we uh confuse the two don't we Mm. Yeah, I think we, we view money as a route to happiness and um, anyone who's ever looked at this in any depth probably realises that it's almost never a route to happiness. Yeah. You, need a, you need a chunk mm. and then um, you need to go do your thing. Yeah, yeah. more money isn't always going to make you happier. So when you, got to, when you were planning to start this uh, adventurous internet business, what were you... What were you worried about? What were the things in your head that would make you think, ah, I shouldn't be doing this? Oh, massive imposter syndrome. Um, you know, you can't do that because you've not worked in retail or you've not been in the outdoor industry or you've been away from the outdoors for a long time. Um, so there was there was a whole heap of that. Um, but I, I guess I'd spent enough time with enough people who told me that that's how everyone feels. Um, and that's that that shouldn't be a burden and a, and a barrier um and so i think i probably pushed through that fairly easily um i guess i've always been someone who who was sort of determined by what i thought of myself more than what other people other people's validation so as long as i was happy with it then then i think i guess i had this sense that it was the right thing to do um yeah, I think the more time you spend around people who tell you about imposter syndrome in their life, the more you think, oh, okay, this isn't just me. It is literally everyone. Mm-hmm. So that's then quite a liberating superpower. I think, oh, we all think we're idiots, but we should just get on and do something anyway. What, what, were there any other barriers that were stopping you taking the plunge? Um, no, I don't think there were really because... I'm a great believer in what you don't know you can learn by doing. Um, and I could have spent a long time researching it and writing fabulous business plans, or I could have just plowed into it and built a website and then started seeing how people responded. So so that's what I did. And um, yeah, and this is where I am. I wouldn't claim it's been a massive success, but it's, like I say, it makes me uh, makes me happy. And uh, what, what uh, mistakes did you make which you have learned from? <laughs> by not doing a business plan and just leaping in um well there there was the famous no semity um hashtag which seemed like a good idea at the time 
um, when I had a thousand sweatshirts printed up with the word no semity on them and then planned a big advertising campaign with lots of other outdoor brands about the UK is a great place and you don't have to go to Yosemite. And then Instagram pointed out that no semite also looks like no semite. Um, okay, and also nose mite. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Instagram blocked it. Um, really? Yeah. Oh wow. So we couldn't use the hashtag. So I very, very quickly had to change the printing on all of these sweatshirts that were being made um, mid-production. Um, so that they said something that that would be vaguely marketable on Instagram. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that was that was, that was quite a big. But but I, I guess other things went well. Like um, so, coming up with a name, gather outdoors, kind of always seemed to make sense. And then you know the the, the fact that the URL was available and all the social medias were available, it kind of was a good sign that, oh, the universe is smiling upon this and, and, and sort of pointing you in the right direction. Um, I guess the other mistake that I've, I've made along the way is trying to do too much and not focused on doing one thing well. Um, and that's why at the moment Gather Outdoors is really just about Adventurous Inc., our subscription scheme, because... Oddly, I don't really like selling people stuff. I think I think we've all got way too much stuff. Um, so even if it's stuff with my logo and my brand on it, probably people don't need it. Whereas I think about books and journals and outdoor inspiration, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't need any more inspiration to get outdoors. I think we all need it. Um, so sort of philosophically, that's that's the area that I've landed on that makes me feel most fulfilled. So you do now you have Adventurous Inc., which is a book subscription service once a month. You get a book or a journal or magazine that you've chosen, which you think will reconnect people, inspire them, get them out to explore. I love the, the idea of a book landing on my doormat every month to read. That's exactly the sort of thing that I, I love. We've, we've talked about this before, that I, I actually need a slightly different service. I want sort of maybe fictional, a world that, I want a world that I'm not familiar with. But I'm, I'm imagine that the people who are reading your books are just looking to get out, perhaps for the first time, perhaps more experienced. But um, what have you? What What are you hoping that people will get from the thunk of the books landing each month? Um, I'm hoping that they gain a greater connection to the natural world. Really, I think that's the top and bottom of it. Um, and I think the modern day life experience kind of insulates us from from nature and the natural world like the weather um and prevailing conditions and distance and all those things that, that for most of humanity's life we've been very well used to and and i think we've evolved to deal with that and kind of um kind of cocooning us from all that isn't good for our health and well-being um and so i hope with the books and journals that we send out it's it helps people gain some reconnection to that and i think reading printed material is also a good way of connecting with that because you know it's not like your phone it's not going to buzz you're not two clicks away from instagram um it's not tracking what you're looking at so that they can sell you something on the back of it you can take it wherever you haven't got a wi-fi signal so you know it's great for reading in a bothy so i think for many many reasons a an immersive book or a journal that you can take away with you and really get into is 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 just a great way of of 
of getting you outdoors more. And that's that's always what I've been trying to do with Gather. Yeah. And also, a book in a both is very good for lighting fires. <laughs> as long as you start with the first few pages, yeah. the ones and, you've already read. And toilet paper. I've used books for many <laughs> purposes. Um, do people have time to read one book a month? We are so busy. Do we have time to read a book? Of course people have time to read a book a month. Um, the question is whether they make time. Okay. And, and, and I guess this goes back to one of those things about the insidious nature of mobile phones and they're always there sucking up a little bit of our time and we think it's um we think it's kind of i remember when i got mine and it was like oh i'll never be bored again but you just get this average mild satisfaction with everything as opposed to and experiencing kind of the highs and lows the lows of being bored and the, and, and the highs of watching the sun peak out from behind the clouds when uh, when you've been walking all the way for a, for for a long way into town rather than getting the bus you know these are these are proper experiences that i think give us the the the, the sort of mental health and well-being that that a lot of people are craving in this day and age yeah most books take 5 to 10 hours to read and that is equivalent to 10 to 20 minutes a day which is um far less time than most of us myself included spend watching videos of kittens it's one thing that i'm really enjoying on this bike ride is my is a a, a deliberate month of being off the internet being off media i haven't actually even got a book for a month uh, which is very unusual for me but <laughs> yeah i'm enjoying that side of things uh, one of the things i'm doing riding around is um I've got a deck of cards with some questions that I'm trying to solve in my life. Oh, actually, before before I get I forget your wisdom, I should uh, I want to ask about one more thing, which is a uh, lot lot of people have businesses and they think, yeah, I'm committed to this. Uh, can you tell me about the commitment to your business and your tattoo, <laughs> which I wish I can see now because that is impressive dedication. Um, so. Um, yeah, I have a, a large tattoo that says "Adventurous" um, all down my forearm, and it's the um, it's the logo from from Adventurous Inc., which um, a lovely lady called Jules Burkby designed for me. It's a, it's a beautiful calligraphy skipped, um, and yeah, ever since ever since the first time I saw it, I kind of always had this inkling that I was going to get it tattooed. Um, so yeah, now I'm stuck with this great big business logo down my uh, down my arm so 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 time will tell whether i look back and point at this as the as the failed business venture that i once did or uh, or, or 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 whether it's uh, whether it's something else but e- either way i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of really proud of it and i i i liked i like folk to to look at it and go oh that's strange he's got adventurous written down his arm i i wonder why that is because i think i've always liked a bit about external manifestation of what's inside me and i guess that's what that is Okay, it's a declaration to yourself. Mm, yeah, what well, one of many? I mean, my my it's one of my other tattoos. I've got I've got one here that says uh, "Long time dead," which was uh, which was yeah a reminder to myself, a bit of memento mori that uh, one day we're all going to die. So uh, so life is about living. You better get on with it. Mm. Yeah. Well, and come the, on then. What's what? Perhaps in that note, uh, you could like, t- take a card, any card, <laughs> um, and if you don't want to answer the question, you don't have to. But interest to take. Mm get your opinion let's have a look what small thing do you do regularly which greatly improves your life um walk places and look at things not my phone so um 
I don't mean walk great distances. I mean, you know, I might park my car five minutes further away from somewhere where I'm going. De- deliberately. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, I just think we, we, everyone is obsessed about parking outside something and not exposing themselves to a moment's discomfort. When actually that's, that's, it's not discomfort, it's life that you're missing out on. So I, I try and walk a bit more, and look a bit more, um, and take life in as I'm going around. One thing I've started to do, which is so pathetic, is when I'm waiting for a train or the tube in London, and you have to stand there for one, two, five minutes it's often not more than that is i ban myself from looking at my phone yeah i, I exactly the same and my question exactly then is the can i stand still for five minutes just look around it's, and I, the fact that i find it so stupidly hard uh suggests it's probably a good thing for me to mm. be persevering with. no I, I i do exactly the same i think we all need those pauses when you just take stuff in and, and don't have it thrown at the back of your retina by uh, by a glowing screen Right, next question. Oh, there's more. Oh, yeah, there's plenty. We'll, oh, do, a few, gosh. we'll do a few minutes of these right. till I need a wee. Then we'll stop. On a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? I, I would probably say quite weird. Um, I don't think I've ever been someone who particularly fits in. Um, yeah. yeah, but I'm a bit of a social chameleon as well, so I, I can sort of, I can sort of fit in into most places, but deep down i guess i'm a little bit different to everyone so um oh we're, we're scaling one to ten i think an eight and a half oh you're the weirdest person i've met so far oh really in their own opinion which is wow. interesting because looking at you you're wearing a nice clean t-shirt we're sitting we've got some cactus pots i've got the same teapot as that <laughs> um you've got a, a sort of trendy fridge and the and the coffee thing and a microwave and this looks very nice but normal Yesterday, I interviewed a guy who's pushing a homemade raft from Liverpool to London. It's taken him seven years, and he was dressed a bit like Where's Wally? And I asked him how weird he was, and he was a bit indignant. He's like, I'm not weird. (laughs) So I find it really interesting that the difference between external so-called weirdness and what we see inside ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's all about context and uh, and, and, and being able to see other bits of normality. Maybe he doesn't see quite as much normality as I do to compare himself yeah. with. I don't and, know. And also what is normal? Mm, yeah, yeah. There's okay. a question. Next question. Oh, gosh, we're still going. Um, let's look at the bottom one. What's the bottom one? In the last five years, what new belief, behaviour or habit has most improved your life? Running. That is the top and bottom of it, running. So um, I... Before I started Gather, I used to be a martial arts instructor. Um, and and it was one of those parts of my life that kind of picked up whilst I wasn't really noticing. And, and yeah, I started doing Taekwondo and then started being a, a, a teacher. Um, and, and yeah, so great, great exercise. Um, but I knew that something had to give and it was going to be that. Um, and so I was desperate to take up running in its place. And when I first started, I thought, oh, this is never going to work because my knees hurt. Um, and then someone told me about barefoot running. Um, and all of a sudden I was running on the balls of my feet and I had no knee pain and it's been brilliant. And every time I'm slogging up the side of a mountain, huffing and puffing and thinking I'm not going to make it, um, I kind of get, I go back to, yeah, and that's why we do all this running just to just to get you out there. So, uh, so yeah, definitely running. 
Do you run barefoot or in those sort of thin little shoes? In the thin little shoes, yeah. I'm not. I'm not that brave. You're not Anna McNuff. No. You're not totally weird. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the state of her feet at the moment, though. <laughs> okay, running. That's a good one. Uh, next one. Let's do the top one if we've done the bottom one. Um, what is enough? Oh, wow. What is enough? I think there's a question that um, is very salient, really. And I think it relates to me starting a business in my midlife with a family and a mortgage and all that sort of stuff. And it meant that basically our income basically disappeared down to nothing. Um, but it made me realize everything that we do have and all the stuff that we've wasted in the past. So I think once you've got a, you know, a roof over your head and some emotional support, often in the form of a family, but whatever, um, and food on the table really beyond that that's probably enough and and anything else is 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 good but it's too it's it's too easy just to think that there's never enough and that you should always go out and earn that extra pound um but i guess what's the cost of of, of doing that so um so yeah so i've I, i've learned about about balance and um how much is enough really and when you when your income dropped massively, did you worry that your friends, family, granny, neighbours would uh, tut and disapprove of you? No, not really. Um, I, I think the one thing we, you know, when friends would meet for a coffee or a beer and stuff like that, that that was the time when we'd have to make excuses, and it didn't bother me about having to make excuses, but more my wife and. Her not being able to meet friends for a coffee or take the kids out for a for uh, for an ice cream or something that I think that's the that was the worst bit. It wasn't. It was the the um, the deprivation I was forcing on the family rather than than kind of what other people thought about us. But um, you know, we're uh, we, we we're all highly appreciative of when we do have things now. So I think it. I think that's been a good thing as well. It's not. It's not all been a downside of of, of not having much money. Yeah, that does sound like a good thing. Um, next one. Do a few more. Let's have a look. Tell me about making the most out of life. Um, well, I mean, this is the same question again, isn't it? I think making the most of life means means living it to the full and recognizing when you're slipping into a little fur-lined rut. And then doing your best to climb out of it. For me, that's the that's the top and bottom. And and life, and particularly modern life, is a way of trying to cuss it and comfort you into this little fur-lined rut. I've um, never heard that phrase before. That's a good one. <laughs> um, so so yeah, getting out of that fur-lined rut or recognizing you're in it, and then and then clamoring to get out. I think I think that's um, that's about living. That's a good a good a uh, good summary. Ooh, we've done the weird. Oh, look at that! On a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? It hasn't changed in the past five minutes. If you could magically change one thing in your life, what would it be? <clears throat> um, 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 what would it be? I honestly don't think I would change anything because I, I think. I think if you magically change something, I don't think you'd really appreciate what you got out the other side of it. That's the point, the magic part of that question. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I think you need to work at anything. And I think I'm working at making a better life for me and the family now. And that that's the magic rather than someone waving a wand. What a, yeah, that's a good, a good summary. So what, what I like about that question is that the, the magic word gives you permission to dream of the thing. And once you dream of the thing, the reality is then you need to take some action to go do it. And the, the stages of going doing it is the often more interesting than the end bit, isn't mm, it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it reminds me of your your phrase, the doorstep mile. I've always thought, that, I tell that to the kids quite a lot. It's it's kind of just getting over that initial hurdle. It, it seems the biggest, but actually once you've done it, it's the, it, it, you, that's behind you and you're away, aren't you? Yeah, it's very, very liberating. The other thing I find interesting about something like the bike trip I'm on now is having some totally pointless notional end goal i'm gonna cycle around yorkshire big deal the interesting part is all the stuff that happens mm. along the way and the times when i get lost i have to turn down that route and i ask that old granny for something and she takes me in for a cup of tea that's the, the interesting part of either a bike ride or of or of life mm. isn't it yeah absolutely okay we'll do a couple more right let's have a look <clears throat> what is a good decision you've made in life what can that teach me about making decisions? I think one of, given that you're on a tour of Yorkshire, one of my favourite decisions was to move back up to Yorkshire from living in the Midlands where I'd gone to university and where my wife joined me. Um, and it's kind of because it feels like home in a way that the Midlands never did, even though we were there for, for, for sort of 10 years. Um, and I think that probably says something about places that you feel comfortable with and people you feel comfortable with. Um, so, yeah, moving back up north, I definitely think has been one of the, the best things we did, not least because it saved everyone from me being the professional Yorkshireman abroad, um, which was Moaning probably... Chantry. Yeah, it's probably getting a bit wearing. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that sounds like a good a good note to end on the uh, the call to action that everyone should come live in Yorkshire. Absolutely, good good place. Um, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for meeting me. Well, for letting me come to your house, give me some coffee, very nice coffee, and thank you also for the support you've given me with the Adventurous Inc. and for encouraging more people to get outdoors. All very good things. Mm, no, that's you, you know. I thank you. Like I say, it's. Um, it, it makes me happy and hopefully it makes other people happy as well. That's a pretty good uh, tagline. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. There's show notes from every episode on my website, alistairhumphreys.com slash podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of your phone and pop it up on social media or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. To make this podcast happen, I teamed up with Kamut, the outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Kamut helps you have better adventures is through their highlights feature. Commute highlights are recommendations from local adventurers in the area you want to explore. They could be a great cafe, a particularly beautiful stretch of trail, a lookout point, or a well-stocked shop. 
these recommendations appear on the map as highlights. Large red dots for popular highlights, those with lots of additional information and images, or small red dots for highlights that have fewer comments and images. Inside the hint, the size of the dot doesn't necessarily correspond to the quality of the highlight in real life. It only indicates how many people have visited the highlight before you. Perhaps it's a little less visited and therefore all the more special. Your very own outdoor experiences and some inspiring highlights are waiting for you. Go explore more with Kamut. Head to kamut.com slash g and use the voucher code ADVENTUROUS to claim your free region bundle.